Hey, it's uh, Chris Simpson here, and this is 90 Feet Apart. Welcome back. It is May 11th. Good to be here. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. It's better than other places we could be. Yes, like, say, work. Work, absolutely. I don't know, though. My work today was not bad. What's going on there? Oh, my God. I am re-blued. Even though it's kind of funny, re-blued by a non Well, uh, I think so everybody knows you're in the Air Force. That's true, yeah. So, I saw, let me recap that I was, uh, my ears hurt a little bit because uh, the, the Blue Angels are in town with the air show coming up this weekend. And fortunate enough, my wife works in the maintenance squadron uh, for the aircraft maintenance, not just car maintenance. And they were privy to some information of when some of the practices were going to be. So, I had a uh, front row seat, uh, probably about two or three hundred feet away from where the angels were parked and then watch them taxi and then watch them do their, you know, practice run and all that stuff. And that was, if you've never seen the blue angels, you need to uh, get out and do it. Cause I'm like a kid when it comes to aircraft. Yeah. My wife is looking at me. She's like, they're just planes. I'm like, but they're awesome planes. And Tom Cruise and John Hamm can fly them. <laughs> but uh, so that's how my day went. And uh, good. The weather's been good. Got to play no, a little bit no, of golf. No, 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 no. The weather has not been good. Well, we needed the rain, cooled <laughs> yeah. it off. Well, we didn't till lightning struck on my property and knocked down a bunch of trees, and I had to spend the day sawing down logs. And was there a pot of gold there? Because no, oh, that's the rainbow. That's, that's the rainbow, rainbow, not a lightning. Yeah. So Damn. that was unfortunate. That caused me a lot of extra work. But you Andrew, know, are you going to the air show this weekend? I am not. You're not. Why not? I got uh, better things. Are you? Aren't you in the air force, sir? Yeah, but I don't look at planes. <laughs> <laughs> what, so he said he had better things to do. What better things yeah, do you have to what's do? What's going on that you? Because I'm going to the air show. You saying I'm not making good use of my time? Yeah, you should yeah. be doing something else. As you sit there in your Atlanta jersey. Yeah. Let's tell us what what are you going to do? Uh, probably go to the bar. <laughs> and watch the Atlanta game. Yeah. Hey, I tell you what. If you go to the VFW on the south side of base, you'll be able to see the air show while at the bar. You see that? That's a good. Well done, sir. Uh, well done. Hey, just so everybody's, <laughs> if anybody's listening, the air show is Saturday and Sunday this week? Yeah, Saturday and Sunday. Full full schedule. I know that there's an F-22 demo, um, the Raptors. Um, then the Tora 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 is going to be there. And then a couple, you know, random flybys. The Red Bull plane is going to be there. But the, uh, I guess they call it Arabat. I don't know. They do stunts. I can't say that's a big Aerobatics, word. Aerobatics. Aerobatics. Thank you. And then the Blue Angels will be uh, rounding be, off the show. That will be the grand finale. Yeah. yeah. About a 45-minute job. Will Maverick be there? Uh, I hope. I don't hope. I, no. All I right. hope not. I'd rather see John Hamm because he's a local boy. Yeah, a St. Louis guy. Yeah. So you, you were able to do that today because the Cardinals are not playing today. So they have an off day. So they can't lose. Yeah, so they're traveling from Chicago to Boston. So they're going to have a three open up a three-game set this weekend in Boston. So since last we met on Cinco de Mayo, the cards have gone three and three. So you know, Ooh. as as the season relates, that's a little bit of an improvement. But you their know? best week so far. Uh, I would season. say probably so. <laughs> Who uh, are those wins against? They dropped. Well, they dropped two out of three against Detroit. Um, Ouch. That included a pair of one-run losses, which you don't like to see. Uh, primarily resulting from some shaky bullpen outings. Uh, in the in the Friday game, sure seemed like Jordan Montgomery, who was pitching pretty good. Uh, he he went six innings. It seems like he was pulled a little quick. And uh, in the in the Saturday game, it seems like the opposite happened, where he was left in a little long. After he he started well, also then had a rough fifth. But 
Um, that's something when we get into this a little bit, when we talk about the staff, the pitching staff, we'll talk about a little bit more about that. Um, but they bounced back on Sunday with a big win. Uh, I think it was 12-6. Uh, nice outing by Steven Matz, was, finally. It was nice to see that. It finally. Was really nice to see that. He may have saved his spot in the rotation for the time being with that outing. That's what um, I'm saying. So is that good or bad? Well, time will tell. <laughs> um and then you had the big the big story coming out of that game was three homers by Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, all of them bombs, sir. I was at that game. Uh, th- all, all of them over 400 feet. They were bombs. And the last one going into Big Mac land. So you know what I did on Monday? I went to McDonald's and cashed in my tickets for four free Big Macs. <laughs> so how are the Big Macs? Because I have to be honest, the only time I go to McDonald's these days is to get a hot and spicy McChicken sandwich for like a buck. Buck and a quarter, that does which, not compare to a Popeye's but, chicken sandwich. Oh, well, that's, well, we're not talking about. There is no Popeye's land. Uh, How fun would that be in a ballpark? The yeah, Popeye's, the Popeye's boat where you get a fish sandwich every time. Yeah, I'd be in on that. How was the Big Mac? Uh, so I ate two of them, and then I gave the other two to my dogs. But I'll tell you that they have uh, <laughs> the dogs walked away from them, and you it. ate them. They love it. No, no, no I, I fed them to them. Uh, too much lettuce on a Big Mac. It's like mm. it's like a like a salad on my damn hamburger. It's too much. Well, beef's expensive, you know. Yeah, maybe so. Um, so yeah, that was three home runs by Goldie, and and then also not they didn't talk about this a little bit, but four errors by the Tigers. Two of them by Javi Baez. I mean, there were some there were some kind of shoddy play in that game. Five errors total. Cardinals had an error too in that game. That's not what you want to see out of a major league game. No, and some of the Baez ones. One of the Baez is really bad. He just side you know played one off the side off his hip and didn't move his feet but uh like uh roger dorn <laughs> very much like training. dorn yeah well it's not his contract <laughs> uh so then they went to chicago and uh finally finally sir they won the first game of a series yes yes well done first time in 12 series i believe that's unbelievable um so they won it it was really cold that night but they won three to one uh, great job by the bullpen that night. Cabrera, Hicks, and Helsley all pitched well out of the pen. And, and actually, yeah. Michaelis pitched pretty good to they, start yeah. the game. And they didn't go very long. And they went like four and a third, four and two thirds, something like that. Um, four and a third. And then uh, the hitting star of that game and his return to Chicago was Wilson Contreras, who I'm sure we're going to talk about today. Uh, he had a couple of hits and a couple of RBIs. And he also uh, greatly stirred up the fan base with some theatrics after he got his hits. I uh, I heard about that, and one of the headlines was the next day after reading, you know, MLB recap on MLB.com was uh, in the same game, you know, basically just read that Contreras was applauded at the beginning and then booed. Yeah, in a matter of like <laughs> 30 seconds. 30 it was seconds. really quick. Uh, so, yeah, he had, he had a big game. Uh, they took the second game 6-4 of four behind uh, homers from Gorman, uh, Newt Barr and Paul DeYoung, who had a really good series. Uh, but I tell you who did not have a good night that night was uh, uh, Trader Jack Flaherty, our buddy Jack Flaherty. Uh, and then created a little bit of controversy after the game with an interview, and that's something we're definitely going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to get into that yeah. one because <laughs> yeah. you know he and I are just – I think he's coming over – we're best friends, and I think he's coming over to spend the night tonight. BFFs. Yeah. Um, and in the series finale last night, the Cubs overpowered – Jordan Montgomery, you know, he had Jordan Montgomery's pitched pretty well this year. Uh, definitely been the the most consistent uh, Absolutely. starter. Uh, he's had two Just, bad games. I think if you take his, I heard it today on the radio, if you take his two bad games away, his ERA is like 1.79 or something. Yeah, well, if you take, you know, like uh, 
three holes away when I play golf, I managed to shoot pretty good. <laughs> I shoot par. I shoot, shoot really well. Uh, well, he not only did he get hit hard, uh, relief the the relief core, uh, James Nail and Drew Verhagen got hit pretty hard too in route to a 10-4 uh, loss by the by the good guys. So no sweep for the Redbirds off today as they head out to to Boston, to Beantown, to Boston. Beantown. Had Packy Norton and Ooh, Brendan Donovan. It's a homecoming we'll for them. We'll be happy. Speaking of Boston, you ever been to Fenway? I have never been to Fenway. I've never it's been on to the Fenway. List. Yeah, it's definitely on definitely my on my list. So, a lot going on, though, outside of on the field. Uh, in particular, a big topic was uh, the situation surrounding Wilson Contreras. What's your thoughts, Kyle, on what's going on with Wilson Contreras? And if you want to recap, you know, exactly what went down. So, if anybody out there listening uh, does not know, obviously we know that Yadier Molina – Retired after a great career here in St. Louis, you know, you know, St. Louis fans last year were just so fortunate to see arguably the best right-handed hitter of all time, and comparatively and arguably the best defensive catcher and game manager of our maybe in the history of baseball, definitely in our generation. And so, yes, Wilson Contreras was signed in the offseason as a free agent. And to note, it was the... How much? We're getting there. All right. A lot. It was the um, biggest signing for a free agent who wasn't um, already part of the organization. You know, so from an outsider, from the DeWitt family. So we signed Wilson Contreras for $87.5 million dollars. And so now, so I'm going to paint this picture for, you know, Austin and you that are sitting here. Imagine you own a company. You have, you have been assured by your, your, your lower level managers. You know, your, we'll say your manager of operations, all this stuff. Yes, boss, this is what we need to fill the hole. This will solve all of our problems. This will replace, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you, we just need you to sign this check. So he does. All out here, or here comes Wilson Contreras. And then a third of the game into the season, you're like, well, we're not going to use that anymore. Or if we go for three months into a 12-month or physical year, we're not going to use that anymore. If I'm the boss signing the check going, uh, I'm calling those guys into my office going, what the hell did I just pay $87.5 million for if you're not going to use it? So translation, we paid, or the Cardinals, the DeWitts paid $87.5 million for a DH. Yeah, for a catcher so, so they moved him out. Catch. They moved him out of the catcher position. You know, the announcement was before the Saturday game, we're going to move him out of the catcher position. And now it got really crazy because Saturday they announced we're going to move him out of catcher. He's going to play DH primarily and some corner outfield, uh, which is crazy since you were trying to clarify the outfield anyway. You sent Jordan Walker down uh, to get his swing where they want it. And and you, Tyler O'Neill went to the D, the IL the same day, so you you have a crowded outfield in the already. And I think on Saturday didn't Brendan Donovan play left field? He, ben, Brendan Donovan's been playing left field, yeah. and we haven't seen a lot of Burleson as yeah, much as we used MIA. to. And so, but if, if the the, crap, the the thing that's head head scratching to me is we created another log jam at DH. But if there was a bright spot or you know sharpest uh pencil in the tool bag or whatever those saying is i need a proverb i completely it's not that it's not that <laughs> we'll say the um we'll say uh there's so many things i want to say but they're not politically correct 
Well, you know, I have to be politically correct. This oh, is a mean judge by okay. We'll just we'll just say that the tallest midget. Yeah, you can't say that. Oh, you just told me I could. Yeah, can't say that. Now I lost my train of thought. Anyways, yeah. if there was a quote unquote bright spot in the Cardinals season thus far, it was DH. It was DH. Yeah, Gorman with Nolan Gorman. Well. So you're you're tying up Nolan Gorman's at bats. Um, yeah. I, you know how they balance that. I mean, they got a they got a they've got a logjam at a lot of positions right now with with some of the moves they're making. The outfield's crowded. They're you know nobody can get into a rhythm because they're not playing consistently. Uh, second time, you know, at second base is it Tommy Edmond? Is it Nolan Gorman? Uh, is it the popcorn Gorman, vendor? Gorman doesn't play against left-handers. Uh, Will he ever? Yeah, I don't know. So it, it is. It has created a. Here's the other thing. So if you're a if you're a free agent to be in the upcoming season, and you're looking at the Cardinal organization and see what they just did with Wilson Contreras, and essentially laying the blame for a pitching staff that can't execute firmly in his lap. Two players. Would you already, want to sign here? No, because two players already have been thrown under the bus in this early season. And you just signed somebody to, to catch, and they're not catching, and you threw them under the bus. And we have three catchers on the major league roster, right? right yeah, uh, neither one of the back, the other two are particularly good either. Absolutely. I mean, oh my goodness gracious! It's and see, but these are the things though that I want to know what. Now, granted, that I, I get sometimes I get I have so many things going through my head right now. I'm just trying to say, but. Aren't these the decisions that the coaching staff that you have put in place should answer for maybe to the general public? Because Major League Baseball, right, Ken Rosenthal and, you know, national sports writers all over the major leagues, Joe Madden even spoke out for Wilson Contreras, are shredding the Cardinals. Yeah, he's, I mean, Contreras has looked like the good guy in all of this, and he's handled himself unbelievably well. He's been doing it, but here's another thing, too. Why is it, though, so my... Okay, let me go back. Where are the players, when we talked about it last week, who is the Cardinals' leader? Why are none of the players sticking up for Contreras so when the players get thrown on the bus, but yet Miles Michaelis can go out there and have a crap game or Giovanni Gallegos blows a save in San Francisco, you know, he's still the guy we went out there. So, like, everybody's all behind the starting pitching. The starting pitching could do no wrong. It's everybody else's fault. But, again... Where's the player going? I don't know what's going on. And where's the harm saying he's still better? You can't say he's better than Kisner, but he's still the guy or or something. Where is that at? Yeah, I don't know. And it's, you know, accountability and and the starting pitching. That's a great segue into what I want to talk about next. So staff management. That's why I said it. Yeah. Well done, It's a transition. You're a natural. It's a transition. Uh, Staff management. Did you just applaud yourself? I did. (laughs) Way to go. Nobody else does. Um, yeah, uh, I told you, well done. Uh, but it so, wasn't applause. So Montgomery on Friday, just like I talked about in the, you know, when I described the, the last week, Montgomery got pulled pretty quick. He pitched six real strong innings, eighty nine pitches. He was sitting at, um, uh, I, I can't remember where they were at in the order for Detroit, but it's not a, it's not an order that strikes fear into the heart of wrongdoers everywhere. One through nine. Um, yeah, well, yeah, it was somewhere in one through nine. Thanks. Uh, but you know, he looked like he still had some gas in the tank, but they went to the bullpen and the bullpen blew up. Uh, Wayno, where, where have we seen that before? Yeah, uh, like, I think it all was year. The, the playoff game last year where Quintana was throwing really well. Oh, yeah. no. Same thing. Too soon? Yep. Okay. Uh, so Sorry, then, go ahead. Then on Saturday, Wayno's out there. He has a great first four innings. The fifth inning, he comes in. He gets roughed up a little bit, gives up three runs, I think it was. Um, and 
some of that was not all his fault. So I still think he had a strong start. They had they had some misplays. They had you know a, a strike him out, throw him out play where the guy was safe stealing. But the call, the the home plate umpire blew the call. It was a third strike. It was right no. across the middle. No. Yeah, I know. It was, was, a, it, it was was it Phil Cussey? I don't know. It was a strike right across the middle, but he blew that call. He was so busy watching the uh, the play that wasn't his to call. For those um, of you on the radio, this is my shocked face. Yeah. So, so the the pitching staff isn't you know that Wilson Contreras is pulled out because they're saying that the pitching staff does a little bit better with Kisner. The reality is it hasn't really been all that much better with Kisner behind the plate. No. And let's I mean let's look at it in totality. All year the pitching staff has not been good. They rank, they rank among the bottom of all pitching staffs in yeah. the in the National League and in America uh, in the major leagues. Right. So where are we at at this point in in May, in mid-May, what can be done aside from players actually executing, but what can be done to, to kind of shake this up? Sometimes you got to shake it up. I mean, what can be done right now? What do you think? Well, I think right now there is nobody out there. You're not going to make a trade in May. No monumental trades get made in May. We know it's going to be June. July. Yeah, and you're going to give up a ton of people if you're right. Thinking. You're going to do that, and so, and ironically, you know, the Cardinals, thanks to the crappy play that is the NL Central, I, it pains me to say this, aren't that far out of the. I mean, it's reachable. I think they're eight games out now, yep, as of, and, said, si- and six games out of the wild card. I, instead of you know trying to search in house, you got guys Libertor uh, down there. Um, yeah, I think that's a definite option. It is a definite option, but here's the one thing too. Why can't you hold the people you have in place accountable and say, you just have to be better? Yeah. You, I'm sorry if we hurt your feelings. You have to be better. And maybe, maybe and Bernie Miklas made a great point on this. I think it was uh, Monday on his show, um, the Bernie show on 590 to Fan um, from 3 to 6 a.m. You guys could check that out. Wow. I love nice Bernie. Nice endorsement. Did you like that? <laughs> He's not paying us, by the way. Yeah. But he said, and he goes, maybe it's not the catcher's fault if anybody in this Cardinals rotation bullpen could hold somebody on first base. Well, as that far as and, the running and stuff like that goes. Yeah, that but, and, and finish somebody off with two strikes. Oh, my God. And have, yeah. They got the worst batting average. I heard I heard today um, in all of Major League Baseball, they have given up with two strikes 112 hits. The next most in the league is 88. That's painful. I just look at Andrew over That's here, and he just he just made a face like this. So it makes me – I want to ask this question. How many of these guys are fathers? Because they can clearly finish something, <laughs> but they can't finish something. No, no, not, what about, not that kind of podcast. So, so, so you know, you could, you could shake it up internally. Send, you know, send, they were talking about sending mats to the, to the bullpen. And, you know, and then the Jake Woodford injury kind of put a hold on some things, some movement around, air quote, injury. Um you could bring Libertor up, who's he's dealing down in Memphis. He's dealing. He's pitched fantastic so far. McGreevy's down there too. What about what about an interesting thing? What about Trevor Bauer? Oh, what about going out and getting Trevor Bauer for the league minimum. You could get him for the league minimum, but um, however, I re- <laughs> Bauer is a Japanese sensation. He's not a sensation <laughs> so far. He was at first. His first start first was, game was pretty good. good. First game was pretty good. He went uh, six innings, gave up three hits, one run, um, all that. However, um, I mean, I would still take a pass at the league minimum. But in Japan, on Trevor Bauer's uh, last start, he got shelled. Yeah, he got hit pretty hard. Six inning pitched. He gave up... Um, uh, I can't even read my writing. He gave up seven runs, six uh, six earned runs, 
In those six innings, he gave up uh, eight hits. Yeah, he got hit hard. I think he had, yeah, I think he had like true. seven Ks, though. Yeah, he did have seven Ks, yeah. but... He still got swing and miss stuff, which nobody He does staff have has. swing and miss stuff, but I was watching some of this, but the things where he was missing, the pitches that got drilled, were up, up in his own, where the Cardinals missed oh, on two Matt's. strikes. And I'm sorry, if, if you throw between the... Uh, I'll give that guy a break, though. He hasn't really pitched in a year. That's true. Maybe now, more. So why... A year and a half. Why wouldn't the Cardinals take a chance on take him? Take a flyer on him. I know he's got a bad, maybe he's a bad clubhouse, but if it doesn't work out, get rid of him. You know what? You can't do It's for the any... league minimum. It won't cost that much. That's what Jake Taylor played for. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't do any worse. Yeah. You can't do any worse yeah. than what you're doing right now. So, there, there, you know, let's talk about somebody who has come back and uh, has played pretty well. Everybody's favorite shortstop, Paul DeYoung, who started the season on the IL, um, had a rough past couple of years, you know, hitting under 200, really struggled. Um, he's come back, and over the last two weeks since he's came back, he's hitting the ball pretty well. He's hitting 365. He's got four homers. He's got six RBIs. Pretty good. I mean, he's playing really well. Yeah. He plays I, good defense. He does, he does play good defense, but I wouldn't even comment on this. How many – Mama talk about his mental toughness, but now we don't know what was being said, you know, be to him, hey, you're going to find it. We still believe in you. You know, we're all the special treatment or whatever. But to come back after all that, I mean, really, have a fall from grace from his uh, all-star season and then, you know, go down, get sent down for, you know, almost half of the year last year. I can't remember the exact stats. Come back up, have a couple of uh, – you know, your first week of the season after being called back up to the big club, it heads good, and then you kind of have a fall from grace again. So they send you back down again. I and mean, this is a guy who was a major league all stars starting the season with the triple A team. Yeah, 2019, he was uh, he was an all star, right? And then you come back. But here's what I'll applaud to him. Maybe, I, I've never met him, never had a chance to talk to him. Some people say uh, I look like him. He is a um, Illinois State uh, Redbird biochemist or something like that. Yeah, He's a genius. But smart guy. He is. He's shown a lot of humility and just taking what the ball club has given to him and said, okay, maybe like thanks for not cutting me or DFA'd me, give me some stuff to work on. And I don't wish him ill at all. I was kind of done with the Paul DeYoung experiment a couple of times, but if he's playing and hit him, he had a big hit, the tiebreaker in Wrigley, and he hit that ball a ton. Hit it well. Yeah, it wasn't on the wavelength, but it, it was out there. I mean, and it was it was a no-doubter. Yeah, he had it, five it, hits in three games in that series. So, nah. he, I mean, he's, he's, he's dealing, man. But which, which, which oh, if I could talk the English language, English is hard. Which begs the question, though, now if he's going to be playing at this level, and um, so now we have another log jam, middle infield. Well, what are we going to do? And what are we going to do when O'Neill comes back? Are we moving Donovan back and Don- so I mean yeah. Donovan back to the infield? It's like like we said, ever since the show began, pick a lineup, stick with it. Six weeks, let's see where you're at. Yeah, so you know, I think Paul DeYoung's one of those guys who's drawn the ire of the fans for a number of years, and especially the Cardinals front office willingness to stick with him through all this and give him a, a chance after chance. I know fans of. Cardinal Nation are a, a, a topic that you really want to discuss. Oh. Uh, so, so what's your take on on fans of the Redbirds right now? I think well, I'm going to go back to the last 20 years. So I'm 39 years old for anybody who's listening that's not family. Whippersnapper. Yeah, I know. Unlike you, I still have all my hair. You should be the one wearing this hat <laughs> because honestly, the glare from your forehead is kind of hurting my face. That's hurtful. It is. It is. It's hurting my no, face. it's hurtful. Your words are hurtful. Well, you have to get over it. Yeah. Hey, sticks and stones. But um, 
Can you... So going back... Can you... So let me... So the fans. So I, like I said, I grew up. So I really got into Cardinals baseball, as I said, in episode one. Um... When the Maguire race, all that stuff. And the Cardinals, they weren't very, they were okay, competitive, things like that. But, you know, they, nobody was talking about World Series contenders, things like that. Yeah, I guess coming out of the early 90s where right. they weren't very good. Right. That'd be, well, the late 90s. No, I'm saying. Oh, coming out. They were coming Joe, out yeah, up yeah, to yeah. that point out of the early 90s where I they weren't understand. very good. And then all of a sudden, La Russa comes in 96. We start to almost so, get, you know, become a contender again. Mm-hmm. And then Maguire, the, the home race, home run race heats up. And then the 2000s, I and mean, then 2000, for that 2004 ball club, even though we didn't win Should've. the World Series, Should've. that was a fantastic team. And then yeah. we just got really, really good, and we're always in the papers as a World Series contender. The fans, won the, well, there was a great, it was, there was a great product on the field, if I could finish a sentence. And we were almost always a 90-win team, and, you know, close to it, 85 or better, north of 85. And then now, we did, now, so... Which brings me to the fan in St. Louis. There is a lot of educated fans who've been around baseball a long time, such as yourself, has played baseball. But there's a lot of there's a lot of stupid fans. <laughs> and I'm gonna say, you said we could say whatever we want. They are because they look at the appearance of the product. Because baseball, to the naked eye, looks simple. Yeah. So I'll tell you that. Um along the the idea of the education or the the intellect level the baseball IQ of some of the fans so cardinal fan cardinal nation enjoys a reputation among major league baseball as being smart fans being the kind of fans that like i saw you know this weekend in detroit guy made it or i mean sorry in st louis when we were playing detroit a guy who was playing outfield for uh, detroit made a leaping catch against the wall great play and so the fans gave him a nice ovation. Well, They're that's always the reputation. good about that. Yeah, right. that's their reputation. But I'm going to tell you, I went to a event put on by the Cardinal organization last night at the stadium. Um, and I did not get an invite to yeah, that, so I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, You're well, dead to me. Sorry about that. I hope the food was terrible and you it get was food not, poisoning. Uh, it was not. Um, and so there was a Q&A session, and, you know, they advertised as somebody from baseball operations was going to be there. I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, like an assistant general manager. It wound up being the president of baseball operations, John Mazalek. Captain Bowtie? I was, I was shocked when he walked in, and, uh, and much to the general opinion of him, I was very impressed with him. But some, what I was going to get at is some of the questions that were asked in that room were downright embarrassing. I mean, downright really? embarrassing. Yes. Care to share any? Or yeah, I mean, people <laughs> just context. You, people raise their hand, and John Mosaic says, "Yes, sir. What can I? You know, what what, what question do you have?" And he says, "Hey, when are we going to get some good pitching?" I mean, what kind of what an open ended, asinine question that is. Um, there was another one of the ones that got me the most was somebody raised their hand and said, "You know, how many guys off the street are invited to spring training?" What is this, the Philadelphia Eagles when Dick Vermeil took over and they found Mark Wahlberg or yeah. Vince, Vince Papali? Vince Papali. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the the answer to that is we're not going to have Willie Mays Hayes showing up in his VW uh, outside oh. and, and just running and going. I mean, it's I, I was un, unbelievably appalled at some of the questions and how crass but does they that, were. But does that surprise you? It does for the crowd. I thought that crowd would be more educated, but I, you know, maybe my – my opinion was far too high. Because I think they just they see the naked eye and they don't either. The one they've never played it at a higher level than junior yeah. high, and they honestly, it's frustrating. And I, this is going to sound completely bizarre coming from me. I will stick up for the front office 
in one tech, you know, we talked about it, you know, um, last uh, show, I think it was about, you know, with the money that they had to spend, who was out there to address the yeah. starting pitching or starting pitching yep. um, as it was, it just wasn't there. But I mean, to be a professional baseball player, it is incredibly, incredibly difficult to be a pro athlete anywhere. But like I think these people just look at wins and losses and, and I want to go, what do you want to see? A home run every single time? Do you, I said baseball is a game of failure. Yeah, well, I think the other thing, and you started to go down that road with the front office, is I don't think base, I don't think these fans that really understand the business side of baseball, you know, there's a lot that plays into it. Mosaic talked a lot in the offseason about, well, we have money, but what do you want me to go out there for? I, Albert Bosky was at that event, and he said something. The Mad Hungarian? Mad Hungarian was there, and he nice. was great because he was unfiltered, let me tell you. I um, wouldn't expect nothing less. And one of the things less. he said was, he said, why do we want to go after a $200, $200 million pitcher who only pitches five innings and the game's decided after they leave? That's a pretty good assessment. Um, so I think there's a, a misunderstanding. I don't think there was a lot of pitching available last year, so why go after it and overpay for something that's not going to – you know, who was out there? I, I said this in an episode before. Carlos Rodon was out there. Injured. Hurt. Why did we not go a bigger offer to Jose Quintana? Hurt. You know, there's a lot of folks. Jacob DeGrom. Hurt. It just – Max Scherzer. Hurt. I mean, I think that it's uh, not as simple as people want to make it no, out to be. it's incredibly but, difficult. And the same thing with the fans. As soon as somebody has a bad game, trade them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If somebody's down, you don't trade somebody at their lowest because – or their lowest market value and then expect to get – great stuff back right. hey you know what he was crap for you but he's all of a sudden going to be great for us let me give you our number let me give you my ace that's not how it works you just no, can't trade doesn't. somebody call somebody up hey i'm mad at this guy i want to get rid of him yeah so hey you know what let's uh let's go to a break I when we like come breaks. back when we come back let's talk about uh how we judge players and whether that's fair or not so oh i like it this is 90 feet apart i'm yeah, chris i'm kyle and we'll be right back Hey, welcome back to 90 Feet Apart. I'm Chris. Kyle. And, uh, Andrew's over there to the right. Andrew's over there without a mic, but he's, mm. he looks good. He's got great hair. As a bald man, I appreciate your hair. Just let you it, it's a sweet come over. Do you have any product in that? Just a little bit, a little bit of product? I, really product. Oh, all right. I just do it to, in the morning I don't know if anybody can hear you, but he's saying he's got a little bit of product. Yeah, the product in his hair in the morning just gets it there, and that comb over just stays there. Oh, it's, it's don't the say left. that comb over. It makes well, it, it look is. like he's bald and he's got like some stuff. Well, it's the right to left. He's got a sweep part. Across. That's not a comb over. That's a part. Is his hair going over? Stop. You're is wrong. it combed? Fix him, Andy. Fix him. I know he doesn't like being called Andy. Anyway, hey, so we're back, and we wanted to talk about uh, something. <laughs> you know, as we got in and we were talking about the fan base, he's leaving. We got into the fan base and how See ya. Um, the fan base makes snap assessments on players and wants to get rid of them or they don't understand why people can't finish off somebody with a two-strike count. Um, so I, I guess the question is, why do fans or do fans unfairly judge baseball players probably more than any other sport um, with regards to – is it because it's – they can see themselves so much in that position because maybe they've played it at some level or maybe they've got to a level where they think it's comparable uh, and that 
they understand. What do you think? I think it's 100% they think they could do it. And what I mean, like, and I'll t- I'm here to tell you, like I said, I played college ball. I faced pitchers that were drafted. The the jump from AAA to the majors. The jump from A to AAA. It's, it's huge. It's yeah. huge. I mean, you can go back to even Bull Durham when Kevin Costner goes. They throw ungodly breaking stuff, you know, when they're sitting on the bus. Yeah. And because it just looks... Because when you're 400, 500 feet away, you know, a, a slider that breaks six inches doesn't look like it's breaking all that much. And if it comes out the release point as a 99-mile-an-hour fastball and you're already committed to swing it in that millisecond of time, you have to make a choice, and then it starts cutting away. You look ridiculous. Yeah. But it looks like, oh, well, why is this guy chasing this and all that stuff? And I'll be honest. I had this conversation with a good friend of mine, played a lot of baseball, too. At the major league level, probably hitting – Probably most people don't want to ad, uh, admit it. You're guessing. You have a thing, and you're guessing. It's like I am waiting for something right here. You have a theory going in, right? Yeah, you have a theory, but the, oh, pitchers always have the advantage. I, I I don't think guessing would be the right word because guessing makes it sound like you just uh, are reacting, and I don't think you're reacting. I think you're you know you go in looking for something, right? And if you get that, you probably can hit it, yep. or you, you know you're going to succeed maybe you know third of the time, right. which is great. Um, but if you get something else, you look silly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And because if you if you're and the, the, to case in point, if you're going up there looking for a curveball or a slider or a changeup, and you get a ninety five mile ninety five mile an hour plus fastball on the inner half, you're not catching up to it. <laughs> yeah. It's just going to blow you away. The best you could do is foul it off or just throw your bat at it and hope to everything holy. But yeah, I they're one hundred percent judged based on that because now the TV is so well, it looks so easy coming in from behind the center field cameras when you're watching it. Like, you're like oh, I could have hit that. And uh, um, it, it, it's not. And like I said, so uh, I, I don't know. And so even if you make contact, to consistently barrel the ball up, it's from a hitter standpoint, it's incredibly hard. The, well, Ted Williams said the hardest thing in sports is to hit a round ball with a round bat squarely. Yeah. So, yeah, you take round and round and make it square. Yeah, uh, not going to happen. And that guy knew a little bit about hitting. And the hey, d- so mm-hmm. I think one of the issues is is that more than any other sport, um, except maybe hockey, but in hockey you can't, you can't see the players the same way as you can in baseball. So baseball's slow. The nature of the game is slow. Which is awesome. Um, you're not it. covered up. Like in football, you got a helmet on, you got pads on. You can't see the physical characteristics of a player so if you look across well, baseball, baseball you're exposed you can clearly yeah. see what kind of physical makeup a player has and they come in all shapes and sizes right? yeah they do so let's look at the cardinals for instance you got okay. tommy edmund not a big guy right five no. foot he might be no. six foot i'm not sure if i was to see him at a bar but like there's no way shape or form we're a professional athlete yeah the guy who went to stanford he's brilliant though um but you'd look at him and you go can't see his i have i'm i'm i have Physically, I am bigger and stronger than that dude. Yeah, well, you don't have the hand-eye coordination that that dude has, and the quick, quick, re- uh, quick reactions that that guy has. Um, the quick, I quick, think quick, quick, quick react, quick, quick twitch, twitch. So, um, but in that amount of time, fastballs there. Yeah, but my point is that we look at the these players and we go, really, that guy's an athlete. That guy's, it, but it's it's a different kind of physical makeup as opposed to let's say. What does the prototypical football player look like? We don't relate right. to that. You know, a guy that plays 
you know, wide receiver who is an incredible athlete, incredible specimen. Six, you know, wide receivers are big these days. Most, huge, for the most huge. part, six foot four, like two hundred pounds, two hundred twenty pounds, whatever they are, running a four, you know, four, four, yeah, three. I mean, that's a, a level of athleticism that we look at and we go, yeah, I'm not in that class. But in baseball, Never, I ever think you there. look at folks like Bartolo Colon. Oh my God! And you go, wow, that guy. I'm in better shape. You know, you know what I'm saying? Does that yeah, make sense? It makes 100% sense. And you sit there and go, it, it, to me, baseball is the game that everybody thought, man, if I would have tried a little harder, I could have made it to the big. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you heard that and having a conversation? How many that? times have I said it to my wife? More <laughs> more than she wants to say. So, like, even we still play in our uh, wood bet league here in St. Louis. And the first time that we did, she made fun of us after the game because I was catching that game. And we had a meeting on the mound, and everybody covered their mouth like somebody was going to spy. There's somebody out there watching, yeah, stealing yeah. signs. So as soon as the game's over, hey guys, were you playing the Astros? No, we weren't. Uh, no, we weren't. But they had earplugs in. But anyways, so my wife, God bless her, she's so hard on me. We come back, and she didn't even wait till the game was over. She comes and sticks her head in the dugout, and she goes, but ain't nobody here trying to figure <laughs> out what you're doing. You guys think you look cool, but you look stupid. And I'm like, thanks, honey. She's like, yeah. The support. I said, you know what? You know what? You can leave. <laughs> but but I think so, too, even to that point. Like I was just saying, there are still wood baseball lats, uh, leagues for guys my age or anybody that wants to play ball. There's not a full contact over 40 football league. There's not a uh, you know full contact over 40 hockey league. Now, they do have them, but they're not full contact because – Baseball is that game to where it's just because we still got guys that can still throw eighty in our league over yeah. forty, but mm-hmm. you know they're not a throw, uh, ex- throwing exploding sliders, you know, change up, painting corners, stuff like that. You know, we, we play it because it's fun. But I, it is it, it, to me, it, it is the one hundred percent most relatable sport that everybody thinks they can do it. But uh, I mean, ultimately, the fine line between even like I said, AAA to the majors it's it's just it, it's ungodly because look at what jordan walker did yeah everybody you know was painting him to be the next albert pujols which i think is unfair because considering there's only four guys in major league history that's hit 700 home runs uh, or or better and now so he came up to the majors broke the club and then went back to triple a and by all accounts he's struggling in triple a right big now. time he's struggling. struggling hitting 160 so he might not make it back to the big club this year well he might. Well, yeah, September call-ups, but... Well, they don't do September call-ups anymore. Well, so that's the thing of the past. Well, whatever. So, okay, thank you for checking that. But I'm saying it's just... And also, too, baseball is like golf. And then the huge mental mental thing. You could rake the ball, you know, 110, mile an hour, 110 miles an hour off the bat right at somebody. Just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Like, wow, I'm really seeing the ball well. I can't get anything to go well. Same thing in golf. I'm really hitting the ball well. I'm not scoring well. So I, what is it with these sports where you hit a ball with a messed up looking stick that are more <laughs> mental? Is it yeah. because it's just not that physical time? You know, because even when you're in the field, you may not get the ball hit to you all game, and you go 0 for four. Now, did you have a good? And your team could have won or could have won. Did you? Did you have a good game? Well, technically, no, you didn't. But the team. So it's there's so many var- variables in baseball that it's just like I said, but it's relatable to everybody because there's probably not a kid in America maybe. Very few that you know at least didn't play t-ball or little league coming up. Yeah. So do you think that um, it's 
as it relates to fans, because we talked a little bit in the last segment about, right. about fans, and you know, we got smart fans, and we got pretty dumb fans too. I mean, there, there's all kinds. Definitely it's more dumb fans. Full spectrum there, yeah. of fans. But which makes the ballpark. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Do you think that that's a a a plus or a minus? Uh. The fact that people see themselves as being able to do that, and or, or does it? Is it something that I believe? I think what that that the benefit of that is that it really bleeds into that whole passion for the team and right. belief in uh, w- what your team's going to do going forward and how much you support them because you see yourself being able to wear that uniform like uh, the players that you root for on the field. I live vicariously through some of the players because I loved baseball, still love it, present tense. And I actually asked my wife uh, the other day about, in her opinion, what game I like the most. Is it baseball or golf? For those who don't know, I love to golf. And she goes, baseball, without even hesitation. And she said it's just something the way, you know, my eyes light up when it comes to baseball and stuff like that. But it's just, I think, you just live vicariously through that person. And it's, I mean, I, I, would, have, I, would, I would give anything, you know, not to be like the Uncle Rico if, uh, um, you know, if Coach would have put me back in the 1982, uh, uh, we would have taken state and all that stuff. I'm not saying uh, it's anything like that, but I, w- I would just give in anything to just jack one into Big Macland and hear those uh, um, fireworks go off and all that stuff. I mean, what a feeling! What a yeah. feeling! Yeah, I think it's one of the reasons that that uh, that we love baseball. So, um, with that. Let's take a break and let's come back and talk about that because I know it's something you wanted to cover yeah, today is, is the real reason baseball. about like why we love baseball. So let's take a break. This is 90 Feet Apart. I'm Chris. I'm Kyle. And we'll be right back. Absolutely. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to 90 Feet Apart. My name is Kyle. I am and to my right, Chris's left, is our good friend and, and producer engineer, Andrew Austin. Oh. <laughs> he has hit puberty, I promise you. That was a high-pitched singer. Oh, but if you were listening to us the whole show, we were talking about a little bit of, you know, uh, the players that were before and, um, you know, how we might live vicariously through them and just kind of why we love baseball. So uh, what, what we want to do a little bit now is just kind of discuss some of the great things about baseball and, and why we love it. And, uh, you know, hopefully you, you love it, uh, maybe not as much as we do, but uh, just discuss the game in general, whether that's the ballpark, all that fun stuff. So we're going to get into that right now in this segment. Yeah, so I think there's a couple things that really drive why I love baseball. I think the first and foremost is it's generational. It's it's something that is passed down, and the experiences of uh, our parents with our with our team, you know, it, it's passed down to us. So, I, you know, I could speak for us with the Cardinals. You know, I was born and raised here, right outside St. Louis. My father was born and raised right outside St. Louis. My my grandfather and grandmother and them were from down in Southern Missouri, but they're Cardinal fans as well. So it's it's all about generations. I grew up with the '80s. You know, the 80s Cardinals is what I really remember, 82, 85, 87 World Series, 82 World Series champs, um, whereas my dad is the 60s. So the 64 team is his favorite team. He had the 67 team and the 68 team with World Series champions in 64 and 67, went in 68. 
And my grandfather was the 40s. Um, so it's each one has their own experience that they can relay to you, and you pass it on. So I have this wealth of knowledge about Cardinal baseball that extends back 80 years that is from the lens and the perspective of my family. And I think that's something that's unique. Uh, it just doesn't seem like it's shared as much for the other sports like that. Yeah, it's, that's, I mean, that's, that's a great point as far as, you know, Cardinals baseball goes. My Cardinals baseball, like I said, we've talked about it was the 90s and, you know, things like that. Mark McGuire. I do re- slightly remember the powder blue uniforms uh, with Willie uh, McGee. Best ever. Yes, that's why they brought him back for the Saturday away ones but it brought it back for the saturday away ones i freaking love it but like me in general it was my stepfather got me into baseball probably more so than my uncle my dad my biological so biological father i say my parents are divorced but there's just it's just it's, it's what we did i mean baseball is to me it's more than just a game, if that makes makes any sense. It's so relatable, you know, starting with T-ball, the coach's pitch, and, you know, just, just everything about a ball diamond. It's so, you know, perfectly imperfect, if, if that makes any sense. The way that the, you know, the, 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 the fair foul lines, whatever you want to call them, start at the beginning of home plate or the end of home plate at the point, and then you just take these straight lines, and then all of a sudden you have this great big ginormous, cathedral if you will of just dirt and then grass you know if you're fortunate enough you had a grass infield which you know, i remember growing up if we got to go play on a grass infield somewhere we thought yeah, it was cool. a big deal right? yeah it was a huge <laughs> deal and it was a huge deal if you've uh you know you got to play under the lights because it's like they said in the sandlot you just you know you you dreamed you were some big leaguer in you know game seven of the world series getting to do um you know, uh, you know, like the David Freeze home run or in game yeah. six. You know, you obviously it was always two outs, full count. There's never not a full count when you're growing up playing it. And there's so many variations of baseball, like wiffle ball. You can yeah, still play. Yeah, yep. You can still play wiffle ball in the backyard. What I, a great I, game. Oh, the yellow bats, only way to go. The yellow bats and the regular wiffle balls, only way to go. But I played it with my brother growing up, just one on one. I mean, there was a, a form, a variation of baseball. That w- was always there, but softball. I mean, it's yeah. totally the same thing, basically. I mean, in everybody, I haven't met any. Everybody plays. I haven't met anybody yet, guy, girl, that didn't play some sort of softball, baseball, and you know, just kind of grow up. Maybe they got away from it, but even to communists, communists yeah, don't play. Communists baseball. don't play. <laughs> but just like the uh, the you know the everything down, like you know the two hundred and sixteen approximately stitches that are on a baseball. The way it smells, just like uh. uh you know, Ray Kinsella said when he was playing Joe Jackson, when he comes walking out of the corn, it's just like the uh, the smell of the ball or the glove. It's unmistakable. Yeah. I would love to make a cologne that's just called Rawlings. You know, <laughs> they probably have already they probably done that. <laughs> yeah. Smell like you just it might came not from the smell the house. same though. Speaking of that, my wife and I watched um, Field of Dreams a couple nights ago. Classic. And the older I get and listen listen to the speech that James Earl Jones, who plays Terrence Mann, talk about, you yeah. know, just the whole baseball. It, it, you know, talk about ruled by like an army of steamrolls. Re- you know, that, that was run. a good impression. Did you like that? Like that? Rebuilt yeah. and well done, Darth Vader. Built again. Oh, come on. But why do you have to nerd up baseball? Yeah, sorry. Not with your numbers. We we celebrate May 4th at the state. <sighs> that we did. We did. But it, it's almost hard the older I get to reflect back 
on what you know all the games that I've played and all the people that have talked to me about baseball, taught me baseball, the proper way to throw a baseball, hits, you know, and all that. It, it's it's really almost hard not to just kind of, you know. I mean, you may get some sweaty eyes every now and then because that's how I relate to baseball. It's such a – baseball is such a part of my life. The Cardinals are such a part of my life. It's Bush Stadium is a part of my life. What are your thoughts about that? Am I going way too far or am no, I too no, emotional? I think, I, no, I think part of what in what allows you to explore it, like, yeah, the pace of baseball is so drastically different than any other sport, which is on a clock, right? The time right. clock dictates – when the game ends and the time in between. Now, granted, we do have the pitch clock this year, which has sped it up a little bit, but the natural pace and flow of the game allows for this running dialogue between activity to um, talk about what's going on in the game, to talk about things that have happened in the game before, allows for fathers and sons and sons and daughters and everything and wives that are baseball fans that are at the game to explain the nuances of not only the game, but if you look around the stadium and the kids say, you know, in Bush Stadium, they say, hey, what are all those jerseys with numbers on the outfield right, row there center field? Well, those are the retired numbers for the, you know, and the, these are the red jackets, and right. these are the years that they won the World Series. It allows for that to be passed on. And no, you, football, you can't do that. Because no. it's constant action, you know, right. in between. You know, there's a, yeah, there's a break in between and a play clock, and they go. But the action is fast, and the game is fast, and you got to pay attention the whole time. Not that you don't have to pay attention to baseball, but it, your attention can be diverted to other aspects of the game right. during the game. So you could still have an evening out and converse with your family and discuss things, but still not miss what's going on in the field. And that's what I love about it. But even to go back, like so many things are passed down. Like you said, the Red Jacket Club, retired numbers. I mean, you talk about Boston, you got Pesky's Pole or yeah. the Green Monster. And even to that, it's every ballpark is different. There's something different at every ballpark. You go to a hockey arena, it's 200 feet long. It's 80 feet wide. I say it's boring. That's how it's the got game, ice on it. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's got but a that's how line, the game is played. Line. You can't go to Fenway. Or you can go to Fenway Park and see the Green Monster. Yeah. There is no other Green same Monster. Same thing for a football else. field. Right. You know, the football fields are all the same. Which is fine, but th that's what makes those games fun. But this is what makes baseball unique. You don't have like, oh well, that's Pesky's upright there at uh, you know, where somebody's playing football or Soldier Field or this is a yellow. The two yellow uprights for Cody Parkey Jack did the double <laughs> doink, but but that's what you know. And Billy Bean even said it, you know, the quote in the movie Moneyball. It's just how can you not be romantic about baseball? And I know it's not fast, and sometimes the newer generation, or I guess the new generation fan, wants fast. But I would encourage the new generation to just not watch the game, get involved in the game, keep score, understand. Hey, this is a great hit and run count, or yeah. why would you throw a slider outside here, or you know, things like that, because there's so much going on, there's so much strategy in baseball that it's really, to the trained baseball fan or somebody, play, there's a lot going on every single time. Yeah, yeah. I, I think an, another thing that's so unique about baseball is that it, it ultimately is a one-on-one -on -one confrontation inside a team sport. So there is this element a of drama. Great, great description. It, it, there's an element of drama that, is so visible. Of course, it goes back to what we talked about before, where in football you're covered with a, you got a helmet on with a with a cage on it. You're in pads. In baseball, you see the emotion, you see the tension, you see it on the player's face, and and the you know good coverage they get right up on that and they see it. So you have a 
you know, situations that are just built for dramatic moments. Kirk Gibson in the ninth inning of the 1988 World Series limping up and Vince Scully describing him, you know, the injuries that he's carrying on both legs and hobbling up there. And you see him take weak swings off the best closer in the major leagues. And then he takes one out of the park to win the game. Yeah. That is drama at the highest level, and it's very, very visible. It's still revisited. You still see that home run. You, you can, there's not a baseball fan out there right now that has not seen Kirk Gibson rounding first and taking his right arm and just, you just did it right there, doing the, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the, the elbow, the punch, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The funny thing about that is, real quick, I was reading a story. He didn't think he was going to play. So he was already in the clubhouse, yep. half undressed, and he said he was already uh, halfway through a Budweiser. Yeah, that's <laughs> he awesome. Out, I just hit the. But even have you that, ever heard Bob Costas' account of that? Yes, it's great. Where he talks about yeah. how he's he's near it and he hears Gibson hitting off the tee, uh, getting ready, and every after every swing he hears a grunt because he's in so much pain. Right. Oh, what a what an incredible moment. Absolutely, but even for that moment, there's so, there's memorable. Andrew's watching it right now. He's watching it right now. Ah, <laughs> oh, the joys of social media, or uh, not social technology. media, but technology. But what about was it Carlton Fisk who hit the ball game six of the World Series? 1975. And he's just jumping down the, uh, you know, jumping down the first baseline, just begging it. Everything Stay he's got fair. to go fair. And I'm not even a Boston fan. Which many people think is the best World Series of all time. I beg to differ. Well, we'll, we'll, we will cover that yeah. later. All, best all time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, but like you said, just so many memorable moments, and I can't to my own self because I'm a pretty big sports fan. I'm well diverse. Like you know, every you know, I get Red Zone. I watch NASCAR. I watch Formula One. I watch golf. You know, you got the Tiger winning the Masters. You know, a couple years ago for his excuse me for his you know other major win and all that stuff. But there is so many defining moments like you said it's generational it's just generational baseball for the people who were there from the you know the speech of Lou Gehrig you know the guys that watched Joe DiMaggio play or you know the pinstripes the 27 Yankees but yeah. even this think about it off the top of your head how many movies in Hollywood have been made about baseball compared definitely to definitely more other than sports? any other sport yeah yeah without question because it's so relatable it's so relatable and as growing up it was fairly cheap and easy to play. Like uh, uh, John Fogarty said, all you needed, I got a uh, a homemade bat, a beat-up glove, and a brand-new pair of shoes. Let's go. There you have it. Let, let's go play. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah, so, I mean, I think we both agree baseball is the best game ever invented. It is, but, like, again, you know, it's just so, so romantic. So, have you ever, when you're playing, not that I don't want to pour salt on your career, but uh, did you ever hit a bomb, like in high school or Legion Ball or, or anything to that, to that effect? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Isn't that the greatest feeling? Like, you, you're finally, you get that pitch, you get the pitch, and you just turn on it, and as soon as it leaves the bat, you're like, that's gone. Yeah, it's, it's an just unbelievable like, thing. It's just like, it's, it's very comparable to a well-struck iron shot. In yeah, golf, I wouldn't but, know that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I played <laughs> golf with you. You definitely would not know that. But it's just... It's it's like the like you know like uh, uh even uh, what's his name Burt Lancaster said in Field of Dreams to hit the ball to run the bases you know the, to look up well at a sky so blue it's squint you have to turn away from it yeah. the tingling in your arms you connect with the ball touch a double and the triple flop face first with your arms around that the bag. is so good <laughs> that's my wish Ray Kinsella. that's my wish 
Well, my wish is that we go to a break here. Oh, is that your wish? Yeah, my, my impersonation. Is. That was Did fantastic. Did you like that? That was a great burn like Astro. If you can do oh. Ben Hur after this, it'll be great. Oh, ben. Um, um, I've so been heard. Let's go to a break, and when Andrew we come back, oh yeah, you know, Andrew. Andrew sorry, Andrew. You gotta tell us why you love baseball. Andrew, why do you love baseball? Why do you love baseball? Can you hear me? <laughs> why do I love baseball? I, I'll keep it short because we're going to a break. But my favorite part of baseball is the fact that I can watch so many games in the span of one season instead of waiting one week at a time. Oh, that's the a amount good of take. times in one year that I can just pull up MLB TV or go to the go to the stadium actually watch the game is probably the biggest benefit of baseball to me than any other sport. Did you, you play as a kid? Well, cause make it was, like own relatable type stuff. Uh, honestly, yeah, because you'd well as a kid you don't play play that many games, but. True. You would play it way more regular than football or basketball or something, and it was just something you could do every day. And you're not, you know, you're you're not getting tackled or beat up trying to make a layup or something the entire time. You know, you just I played second base. I was no good, but I had fun, and I could go and play it every single day. That's right. That's all you need. Well spoke, sir. Well spoke. Yeah, that's a great perspective on it. You know, the availability of if you just like baseball, yeah. not not about if you just like a team, but if you just like baseball. There's a lot to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even with, like you said, go out and play. You could go out in your front yard and work on sliders with somebody else or pitches. Yeah. Or you go play with football. Oh, well, don't even get me started on that. Yeah. We should start a league, me and you. Absolutely. We you throw your shoulder out? Yeah. You could be an Andrew, too. All right. So let's go. Let's take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll finish up with, uh, start off with our segment we like to call What the Hell. Ooh, my favorite. So this is 90 Feet Apart. I'm Chris. I'm Kyle. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to uh, 90 Feet Apart. I'm Chris. Kyle. Yeah, step away from your scotch, sir. Or your your Irish whiskey. I can't. I'm sitting down. Oh. Uh, scoot back from your... Why do you never introduce Andrew when he's here? Because Andrew's over here producing. He's doing, you know, the back office wizardry that he does. What direction is he from you right now? He is to my left, sir. Are you sure? I am positive. Hold up your hands. If he makes an L, Whichever. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I worked in BMT, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we're back with a segment we like to call "What the Hell." Oh yeah. What the hell? Oh my God, no way! Yeah. yeah. Mm, so, so for my "What the Hell" this week, I want to talk about Jack Flaherty. <laughs> Please, the court. Yeah. So, so you know, Jack Flaherty has not had a great year. I think we both know that. Um, but the other night. Uh, he had an outing, and he, he didn't pitch well. He had 12 base runners in five innings. Didn't is, pitch great. Is that not good? No, I, I've heard it's not good. Oh. Um, but it, in the press conference, well, in the post-game interview, he was being interviewed by, I think, Derek Gould. Or, yeah, it was, it was Derek Gould. Was it Derek Gould? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, they asked him about his, his uh, fastball velocity during this interview. Oh, no. He got a little testy. Did he? Yeah. He got a little testy. Not little testies. He well, probably does have a little testy. But he got testy. a little testy. Yeah. And uh, his <laughs> answer back was, I'm just saying, because y'all want to make it a big deal out of it, and I'm tired of it, and I'm not. It's so ridiculous. I'm going to go for what the game calls for, and that's part of pitching. So if you want to ask, you don't understand the art of pitching. 
I'm going to go with what the situation calls for and what the game calls for. So you have to manage pitch count and manage, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to have to manage the way that the game goes. There are certain times when you up it, and now you're going to start seeing 90, 94, 95, 96. Certain times you might need to be like, okay, dude, the situation calls for it for you to adjust. That's just how the game goes. So let me make sure I understand this. You said a lot. Well, he said a lot. Yeah, he said a lot that was kind of incoherent, too. Right. I, and actually, I read that verbatim. That's so, how yeah. disjointed it was. And so I have a what the hell off of that after, well, you're, done, yeah, after so, you're done. So my question is, what the hell kind of artist are you, sir? What the hell kind of artist are you? You're telling me that we don't understand the art of pitching. And, you know, we talked about how we maybe we judge uh, players unfairly. But if you if that's the art of pitching, and my guy's got he's pitched 39 innings this year, and he's got how many walks? 22. Uh, NL leading. Uh, 22. That sounds low. I think it's higher than that. Well, that last when I checked, it was the last, so that might not have been less update. So 22 times five, because yeah, we'll go 27. Yeah. 27. I, I, NL he, leading. Yeah. He's his. That's his, the art of pitching, though. He has. Allowed 74 base runners in 39 and a third innings. I'm sorry? Yeah, you heard that right. 74 base runners in 39 and a third innings. And of that, he's also got a 6.18 ERA. So if this is what <laughs> the art of pitching looks like, is this why people. What the hell kind of artist are you? Are you Jackson Pollock throwing a bunch of shit up against a wall and calling that art? I think he's Jackson Brown running on empty. <laughs> He, you may be right. That might be that he may be a musical artist. He may be. May but be. for him to question others for asking, uh, uh, let's remember, this is a guy that's got a torn labrum in his shoulder, and he's pitching on it and been pitching on it for a long time, who sees a drop in his velocity. You know, you drop that many miles per hour, that's called a changeup, bro. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's 100% is what it's called as a changeup. So I read that interview, and I go, what the hell? So. You 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 read something direct from his quote of what he said. He goes, sometimes you go with, with what the game calls for, right, or what is called into that context. Yeah. So th isn't that something that we addressed earlier in the show? Is I thought the starting rotation didn't like what was getting called by the man behind the plate. <laughs> but so now he calls it. Now you throw. So there's my what the hell inside the what the hell. So now you're gonna throw Contreras under the bus again. For, well, that would have been uh, Tisner. Oh yeah, he's he's good. Yeah, so I I don't know what the hell is up with Jack Flair. This is a guy in a contract year. You're yeah. in a contract year, guy. Yeah. So this reminds me of you ever seen the movie Little Big League, which I think is a great baseball movie. I'm gonna say no. You need to watch it anyway. So this kid takes over the managing the club. Anyways, long story short, there's this pitcher who doesn't want to pitch for him, and he's entering a contract year. And he just goes, well, I'm not going to pitch anymore because I want to play for a kid. And he just kind of goes, well, what's the going rate for a pitcher who can't get anybody out? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, Jack. Jack's not making himself, you know, it, this is not good marketing for him. No. Uh, aside from what his on-field on -field product looks like, he, Dog two straight weeks after his outing, he's got kind of shitty with the press. That doesn't no. help his position. At all. No, and I'm not saying he's not frustrated, but... If if you're gonna be have that kind of attitude and um, what's the word I'm looking for towards the media? Uh, is it a canter? Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know what that is. A canter. 
I don't know. I don't know what you I'm mean. not good with words, but okay, <laughs> go be that way toward the media. Um, Demeanor? Is that what you Yeah, mean? thank you. There you are. Well, I knew we'd get there. We'd come all the way around yeah, the farm. You're welcome. You better be, if you win 20 games, like I said in the Bull Durham, if you win 20 games in the show, you can have fungus on your shower shoes. Yeah, it's you're called, colorful. Yeah. But until then, you're nasty. And let's, what do we, what do we, what have we got out of Jack Flaherty in his career? We've got two half seasons. We got 19, 2019 and 2021. Second half of 2019, yeah. first half of 2021. Rest of the time, he's been pretty mediocre. Yeah. Not good. Not good. That's a great what the hell. So just, you're saying overall in general, what the hell, Jack Flaherty? What the hell art are you talking about? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> he doesn't even know. So I got a what the hell for you. Looks like a kid's finger painting. <laughs> I said, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> I want to kiss you all over. Oh, hey, no Adam Sandler joke. Oh, my right, What's God. your you what the hell, sir? So my what the hell, we are leaving Major League Baseball, but we're going to stay similar game. We're going to stay similar game. We're going to go all the way down to uh, Cisco High School and McCarmy High School in fast pitch softball. Mm. You ready for this one? Yep. You ready for this hit, one? Hit me with it. So Cisco High School, it's a playoff game playing against, like I said, McCarmy High School, somewhere down in Texas. I think it was Frisco, Texas. Are under uh, Cisco High School is under investigation. Do you want to know why? Yes, I do. You do? Is that yes. why we're doing to say it? Yep. Because the catcher for Cisco High School apparently has no interest in throwing out base runners. Mm-hmm. That are stealing. Yeah, she'd rather come up firing and hit the batter in the head. I'm sorry. Yes, come up firing. So if somebody's stealing third and there's a right-handed batter, she has no intentions. Apparently, according to the article which ran today, I saw on USA Today and everything, doesn't matter if the, if the runners out would have been dead to right. She just would rather smack the person, the batter in the head with the the ball as she's throwing. So let me see if I understand this right. She's assaulting with a deadly weapon the batter. Well, she, she, she yes, but she doesn't throw that hard, so I think uh, they'll be okay. <laughs> so maybe that's why well, she they can't. take that into account if it goes to court. I mean, well, what? So what are they doing about this? Well, the the last I saw, it was just going to be a, just an investigation if the team or the coach should be suspended based on conduct. Have they not suspended the player? Not yet. Has it happened multiple times? Yeah, happened uh, two times in a row. Oh my Somebody Lord. got on base, stole, and they stole again, and she just came up firing, hitting him in the head. Now, the one that was a little bit egregious to me that made me want to say what the hell as playing the catcher or the position of catcher as long as I did, uh, base runner leaves first to try to steal second, yeah. left-handed batter. You have all the room in the world to throw to second. This right-handed throwing catcher yeah. just comes up and smokes this person right in the head. You have no excuse there. No. No, and you could almost tell in the videos that it was so egregious because on the first one, the right-handed batter was actually being nice, giving the catcher a throwing lane, and you know, which I would have never done as a hitter. Right. Sorry, you got to throw it around me. Welcome to the game. And the catcher like steps out of her line to throw and just smokes this this girl right in the head. Unbelievable. Yeah. So what the hell? One, what the hell, why are you doing that? You're a terrible catcher if you're doing that anyways. You're Two, a terrible human. You, you, yeah, exactly. I was getting there. Yeah. You're a terrible human if you want to hurt people. And two, you're not going to hurt them because they still wear a plastic helmet. And all you're going to do is, you know, you might have some tinnitus after that because <laughs> a ball hit Claim it. You'll get a, your VA disability. A 3M earplug. Um, Did you, you drink the water at Andrew, Camp Lejeune? Andrew just showed me the video. And yeah. The one throwing down the third baseline. It looks like she smoked her right in the face. Yeah, wasn't good. 
Yeah, so, and, but here's the thing. On the one, she stopped. It was like it was going to be a delayed steal, so she wasn't paying attention. So this this has what the hell on every single aspect of one. What the hell is wrong with that catcher, the human being? Yeah. What the... I, what the hell is just up? And then what the hell? Why is this person not suspended yet? Yeah, I, you know. Hey, so what's with softball players like fast pitch softball? Wasn't it a couple years ago when they didn't like the calls that the plate umpire was making? I saw that. And they threw a fat, you know, threw a rise ball, and the catcher just, just kind of ghosted out of the it, way. moved out of the way, and drilled yeah. drilled the umpire. And right the here. umpire just said, "That's it. I'm done." Yeah, and, and you know what? Called it game. I love that that he did that. Yeah, I love that he did that. Speaking unreal. of that, real. Speaking of that, you know, if we keep treating referees and umpires like that, there is going to be nobody to ref yeah, an umpire would you want to? major league or professional game. Yeah, why would you want? So to? that's my what the hell. I thought that was good. I thought you would like that. But uh, I don't think she's going to be getting any Division One scholarship. No, maybe maybe no. for MMA. I don't know. Yeah. But, or... Andrew, thanks for bringing that up. That was timely. Well, yeah. I brought it up. He just no, 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 no. Bringing the video right. up. He brought the video. Well, up. that's what he does. Sitting back there that's on his the job. Thanks for doing your job, Andrew. On the back room. That's that's why he sits back there. <laughs> All right. Oh, hey, so, good. What the hell's? Yeah, those are good. So uh, we're going to move on to our final segment, and uh, it's. You know, one we like to call all-time best. When am I going to be in the all-time best? Yeah, so let's uh, let's go to it. What we're going to talk about today is all-time best rotation. So we set up, each of us set up a five-man rotation to compete. Pitchers, we'll get to relief uh, pitchers in another episode, but today we're going to talk starting pitchers. Do we have to? Yeah, we do. Okay. Um, yeah, because that's the rules. That's the, that's Who the rules. Who wrote them? I did. Those are the, I had to yeah. play it off Frankenstein's fat foot over there. I didn't say nothing. So uh, I'll start it off all-time best. I'm going to go. I'm going to lead off my rotation. I'm going to open it up with the professor, Greg Maddox. Yeah? Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that looks like your science teacher, <laughs> and you can't touch him. You cannot touch him. 355 career ones. Wins, career 3.13 ERA. You know, and I looked at that, did a little manipulation. If yeah. He had on the back side and the front side. So, like many pitchers, he had to learn a little bit to pitch in the majors at the beginning. Because he didn't have a lot of velocity. And then right towards now. the end, uh, as he got older, uh, he had some rough years. So, if you take off, shave off the front and the back side and, and just take the 15 years, well, 16 seasons, in between, between 88 and 03, his ERA was 2.76. Pretty solid. Uh, th- over 3,000 strikeouts, a 1.143 whip, 18 gold gloves. That is ridiculous. That's the most by any player at any position. Oh, when you're done, I'll yeah, comment I got, on there's that. more. Oh, but <laughs> four, wait, there's more. Four straight Cy Youngs, 92 to 95. Nine times he led the league in walks per nine. Uh, four times he led the major leagues. The guy was unbelievable. Yeah, but the one thing good. he couldn't do, he couldn't strike out Tony Gwynn. Well, that's true. Who could? But nobody could. So if you, you said whip, so for yeah. maybe the listeners that don't know that are just not, you know, key on baseball stats and stuff like that, could you explain what whip is? Yeah, that's the the average walks and hits you would allow over nine innings. Okay, perfect per inning. Per inning. So I just want to comment on that. It's a great choice, by the way. Everybody, you got to put that on there. But so if somebody would say, well, why does he have eighteen you know, gold gloves as a pitcher? I'll tell you why. Weak contact. That's a lot of dribblers. Yep. That's a lot of, you know, that's just weak contact because you're just a master or a professor, like you said, yep. at throwing a baseball. Yep. That's a lot. That's, want is. How many bats do you think he broke? Oh, that'd be a great stat. Oh, my God. I wish there was one. I bet Louisville Slugger's pretty happy that he pitched. 
Oh, well, of course. He probably had stock in him. How yeah. funny would that be if a major league pitcher had stock in a baseball bat company because they yeah. broke so many of them? Yeah. Great start. Okay, here we go. You ready for mine? Yeah, go ahead. I got Roger Clemens. The Rocket. Oh, yeah. The Rocket, I don't care. Think what you want about him. Steroids, whatever. Don't care. I don't care. Don't care. I don't care. Juice it up, fella. Yeah, juice it up more. I wish you would have. You probably would better. All right, wins. You ready for this? Yep. 354. Oh, one behind. Yeah, just one behind Greg Maddox. Maddox and probably a few less broken bats, but, you know, one that he didn't throw at Mike Piazza. But <laughs> uh, a 3.12 career ERA. Um, better. One point know, better than Maddox. Pitched 709 uh, games for a grand total of 4,916 innings That's a lot pitched. Innings. How many years did he throw? It's like 23. Yeah, I mean, he could have retired with a pension from the military from when he was a rookie to he start. He was a rookie in 84. I was born then, and I'm 39 now. Yeah. I bet he could still throw. Maybe the car. I saw him. His son's, you know, playing. Yeah. There, so. But anyway, so even with that, 4,672 oh, strikeouts. That's a lot. So isn't it funny that we talk about our all-time greats, and everybody talks about, oh, everybody just strikes out too much now. All they, you know, everybody uh, pitchers just all they want to do is strike out. Maddox struck out a lot of people. The Rocket struck out a lot of people. So. Where are these numbers coming from in the way baseball is played today? <laughs> type deal. I don't know. That's, yeah, exactly. That's and, a lot of strikeouts. And for those of you that don't know, the Rocket, uh, for whatever reason, maybe it was one of these steroids uh, moments that he had when Mike Piazza in the Subway Series, I think it was, uh, hit a ground ball back towards him, uh, and the bat came flying off, and Piazza was running down, and uh, <laughs> the Rocket just picked up the bat and skipped it yeah. towards Piazza. Yeah. Not one of his finer moments. And, well, then after he did it, he kind of put his hands up like, "What? What? What?" And, but then, <laughs> but the best thing—the best thing though was after the uh, the the post game interview. He said he thought it was the ball. Yeah, well, I was yeah, like, "Well, this isn't on. this isn't kickball. You don't throw the ball at somebody yeah, in baseball and get them out." Yeah. yeah. But anyways, outside of that, seven Cy Youngs, pitcher. right? Seven Cy Young. Yeah, golly. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. When was the last time the Cardinals had a Cy Young? Hmm. Before Gibson. you, it's got to be Gibson. Got to be Bob. Gibson in '68, got to be. No, Gibson won in '70, so yeah. 70, okay. '70, Bob. Gibson. Oh, yeah. That's my guess. Okay. That's a great segue because my next pitcher is Bob Gibson. That's what I do. Yeah. Hey, when well, somebody throws you a softball, you knock it out of the park. Absolutely. Um. So Bob Gibson, 251 wins, 2.91 career ERA, 3,117 Ks, 1.12 ERA, 1968, causing him to change the dimensions of the mound. But I think I'll tell you what, two Cy Young awards, nine Gold Gloves, MVP of the league in 1968, as well as a Cy Young. But I'll tell you what I think sets him apart. Because obviously, you know, I mean, we talked about two guys with 350 wins. He's 100 wins behind him. But in the World Series, unbelievable. Unbelievable. What, what World Series for the listeners that might not know? 64 and 67, he was the World Series MVP both years. The pitcher. He pitched in three World Series. Will that ever happen again? This is what his World Series record is. He pitched in three World Series. He pitched nine games, all nine of them complete games, seven and two. With a 1.89 ERA. That's 81 innings in World Series. That's fast math. Did you like how he did yeah, that? Nine well done, times nine is an 81. Yeah. 81 innings in the World Illinois Series. Illinois Public Education right there. I Googled it. Yeah. It, the Siri heard me say But, it. yeah, he pitched nine times, all of them complete games. My God. What's his record in those? Not seven, the, seven and two. Oh, you already said. 
That's incredible. Amazing, right? That is absolutely big incredible. game, big so, you know, money pitch. So I know we're talking about pitches right now, but how about his offense? He was a pretty good hitter from what I understand. Yeah, he was. Well, he was just a great athlete. Right. I mean, he played for Harlem Globetrotters. Globetrotters. Yeah. yeah, he went to Creighton University, played basketball there. Um, he could hit. I mean, just he was a great athlete and so, a fierce, fierce competitor. So quick. So my dad says, you know, I, obviously I didn't get a chance to. Who's watch. here? He, who is here, here, here by the way? Over there. Yeah, he's sitting over there in his famous purple shirt. <laughs> but I didn't get to see Gibson play, but he said he was like we talked about last week with Alberto Clemente. He's right. like, he was one yep. of the most intense athletes, probably a nice guy off the field. But when he was out there to compete, he was just ready to roll. Yeah, he didn't he didn't like anybody. I, great story about Bob Gibson. So towards the end of his career, the last I don't know if it was the last thing he did, but I, I've heard it told this way. Against the Cubs, he gave up a, a grand slam to a guy named Pete LeCock. No jokes. All right, he gave up. <laughs> He gave him a grand slam to this guy. Did you say it? Well, why don't we just call him Pete L? Pete L. He gave up a grand slam to this guy, and he walked off the mound, and that was the last pitch he ever threw. Right? So Bob Gibson threw Hold it. Hold on. Okay. But years later, 10 years or so later, he came back for an old-timers game. Guess who comes up to bat? Pete L. Guess what Gibson does? Gives up a homer? Drills him. <laughs> 10 years after. That's yeah. kind of like what a... Uh, um, do you think... Bob I don't know if that story's true. I but like it's it. awesome. <laughs> but it is awesome. But do you think that's where, um, gosh, what's his name? I can't, Bob Euchre came up with the commentary about uh, the Duke throwing at his own kid Could in the be. father-son yeah, game. Yeah. Because those stories, just with those old-time ballplayers, they just don't come from anywhere. Yeah. Somebody probably did You know, something. the funny thing about Gibson, they always talk about how he, you know, he, not, he hit so many people. If you look at the all-time uh, pitchers who hit batters, he's way down the list. He's not yeah. that high. He just hits you if you pissed him off. Yeah. So what do you got? I got, I'm going to go, mm, this is a good one. I think everybody in the room is going to like this one. I am going Henry Rowland Gardner, Chicago, the rookie of the year. Broke, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what are you talking about? The kid was a new Nuclelouche. I'm going Nuclelouche. He got 19 strikeouts, 19 walks, 19 hits batsmen. Set a new minor league record. Set a new minor league record, folks. <laughs> no, so I can't even get it together. So I'm going Sandy Koufax. He's pretty good, I heard. Sandy Koufax was phenomenal. And we're going to really focus on, though. So he pitched for 12 years. We're going to yeah. focus on the last six years of yes. here. The last six years of his career. So here are his stats from the last six years yeah. of his career. Yeah, and they're, they're just... Are they just the last six years? Yeah, we're going to go to just the last six. Because, yeah. like he said, to recover from like how he started... Yeah, because he was a sub-500 pitcher his first, and, and his ERA was over four his first six years. Yeah. You know who his pitching coach was back then? No. Mike Maddox. No, it wasn't. But, uh, <laughs> Definitely not. He got the arm on the shoulder. Yeah, he got the claw. Yeah, the claw. So anyway, so for reference, his last uh, 165 wins in his last six years, he had a 1.95 ERA in six Over six years. Over six years. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So he averaged like, that's almost 25 wins, right? Yeah. 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 That's more than 20. How many many did you say? 160 what? uh, I'm sorry? 1.95 ERA. How many wins? 165. That's more than 25 wins a year. That's crazy. So will there ever be anybody to average more more 20 wins? No. You don't. I mean, there's no way. You only get 31 starts a year. Right. Can you... Wow, just sit and think about that for a minute. Andrew, sit and think about so this. So in Listen six to this years, stat. yeah, go ahead. 31 starts a year, and for six years, this 
Sandy Koufax. No, no, he wasn't doing 31 starts a year. I'm saying now they only. Oh, now. So he even, was on a four-man rotation. Right. So even now, so he was doing more, but even so. So you have 31 starts a year, and um, you got uh, 25 wins. 25 wins. Yeah. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, that's not bad. Is that it? That's all you got on it? That's all I, mean, I got. How many Cy Youngs did he win? He won like did he win like four? Did he win three? Just, no, he won three and yeah, four. I years. gotta tell you, I was so impressed with his other win stats that I didn't even want to look up the other ones. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm gonna go with uh, next one. I'm gonna go with Pedro Martinez. So yeah, Pedro Martinez, uh, 219 and 100 career record. The thing I you know I looked at his numbers and you know back when. He was in his prime. Pedro was kind of like looked on as kind of like Sandy Koufax during that era. I mean, he just was just untouchable, this guy. But in in his entire career, which spanned you know a number of years, two decades worth of, of pitching, he only lost double digits games twice. That's an unbelievable feat. I mean, his winning percentage career is is, is one of the best of all time. Five time earned run average champ. Uh, and he did it in both leagues. He did it when he was with the Expos in the National League, and then he did it with Boston when he was in the American League. He's a three-time Cy Young Award winner, uh, and then he was in the top four four more times. Three thousand over three thousand Ks. You notice a, a kind of a trend. All three people that I've picked have had three thousand strikeouts, um, and then you know he's one of the few that have had three hundred strikeouts in a season. And then lastly. Uh, he did a, you know, he accomplished a feat that, it, you know, it's not incredibly rare, but it's not that rare. Or, I mean, it doesn't happen that often. He's a triple crown winner as a pitcher. So, he had, you know, in the year he had won the most, had the most wins, had the best ERA, and had the most strikeouts in a single season. So, Pedro was dominant. In his prime, he was dominant. And he was a key figure in that Boston-New York rivalry um, that really was hot in the 2000s. And he's the only pitcher to throw down a senior citizen. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. Don Zimmer. Don hey, Zimmer got you know tossed. What? Well, Don Zimmer asked for it. He did. You hey, charge you, another man. Doesn't you matter step how old to me, you, are. you get thrown. Yeah. That's how it works. Well, really, I think he just kind of stepped aside and was trying to just guide him down. Because if you look at it in slow motion, we could do the replay. Zimmer was already kind of falling forward. He cradled his face. Yeah. And then as <laughs> led him to the ground. He you know, did. I thought it was a very chivalrous mover, maneuver. He's he's a very kind man to help this senior citizen down. I don't think the rest of baseball sees it that way, but I do. But he does have that going. We should add yeah. that to his accolades. Yes. Through a senior citizen. Yeah. Well. Oh, why did everybody in baseball get so mad about that? Which, I don't know. But here's the thing. What's he supposed to do? Just sit there and yeah, take it just and get Don beat Zimmer up? Don charge him? You know, Don Zimmer might have been packing a knife or something. Or a cane. Who knows? Anyways. I love it. Great choice. Pedro Martinez. Great, great pitcher. One of the best. I, yep. I, I like what he does uh, now with the baseball network. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he's good. Good. Uh, so I'm going. You ready for this? Yeah, shoot. Not going Nuke. Not going Henry Rowan Gardner. Yeah. We're going the big unit. Randy Johnson. Randy M.F. and Johnson. Also won a triple crown. He did. Could right. you? Yeah. Six, yeah. Six, 6'10", porn star mustache, oh, yeah. mullet. Could you imagine facing that guy, especially yeah. as a left-hander? Painted on uniform. Jeez. There is no way I'm stepping in the box of that guy. Yeah, 6'10", coming from the side. 
Yeah. And, you know, so when he releases he the ball, he's, he's really close to yeah. you. <laughs> he kills doves. Was it a dove or a seagull? It was a dove. Oh, my God. It was God. a dove just a dove. coming right across. The bird of peace? He smoked it? Shouldn't have been standing there. <laughs> <laughs> Should not have been standing there. All right, so he just... Here's some quick stats, just the average one. Obviously, we could break the stats down with the advanced metrics. But Randy Johnson, 303 wins, a career ERA of 3.29, innings pitched. I'm going to talk about some longevity. 4,135 and a third. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Strikeouts, 4,875. Oh, my goodness. 4,875. Yeah. That's pretty good. Well done, sir. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, for my next one, Art, Randy Johnson. You know what I think about when I think about Randy Johnson? I can't remember what year it was, but they came out with a card. I think it was Fleer came out with a baseball card that had Randy Johnson on it, who was the tallest guy in the majors at 6'10", and John Cangelosi standing right next to him, who was the shortest guy in the majors from the White Sox. Was it like My Giant? Great card. From uh, um, <laughs> with the movie cover of, uh, what was it, uh, Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito? Yeah, my like giant. That. yeah, it was a good one. Uh, Twins, I think that's called. Not My Giant. I think that's called Twins. What was My Giant? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. It's a movie called My Giant. I don't know what you're oh, talking about. God, look yeah. it up. IMDb and Homer. Andy. Oh, yeah. My Giant, look it up right now. <laughs> um, Thank so you. You can't call him Andy. He doesn't like it. His name, uh, Andy, is not uh, written on his boot. He's not looking it up because I hey, think Andrew, Andrew, sir. Andrew, would you, please look would you be so kind as God, to look that up? Touchy. You know what you should do? You should give him a boot Gen that Z. says Andy on it. Maybe show up as a cowboy, like from uh, Toy Story. All right, so... Uh, for my next one, and, and so I, you know, I think it's really tough to compare generations, and I and I went a little bit further back with Bob Gibson, but if you go way back into the early years of baseball, turn of the century, 1900s, um, the pitchers' numbers were a lot better because the, you know hitting was not about power; they didn't put as many runs up. And you had a dead ball, dead ball era. And the ballparks were huge. Ballparks were big. You didn't switch the balls out. So if if you go from somebody from that area, you got to have something that really stands out. To me. One of the ones that really stands out from that era is Walter Johnson, the big oh, train. Oh, the big train. Yeah. Great choice. Was he lefty or righty? Forgive my ignorance. I think he was lefty. Yeah. He was one of the first lefties that yeah. was dominant. Yeah. yeah. Monster. 417 wins. How many? You heard that. 417. Led the league six times in wins. 2.17 career ERA. 2.17 career. Well, that's incredible because those guys back then threw every other day, and yeah. there was no relief. Yeah, so I was looking at that, and, you know, it's like he basically pitched every third day is what it came down to. And like I said, those guys, they all threw complete games. Like might skew the complete game numbers. There wasn't a bowl, yeah. but you're in. Here, you keep I'll going. get to complete. Wait till I give you the complete oh, right, game number. All right, my bad. Two time, uh, 3,509 Ks, uh, 12 times he led the league in strikeouts. 12. Uh, that's a decade plus two. Two-time MVP. They didn't have the Cy Young back then, so he won the MVP outright. Uh, 110 shutouts and over 500 complete games. Over 500. Yeah. Do yeah. we have 500 complete games? Yeah. Do we have any? There hasn't been 500 complete games in the last two decades. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what stands out for me with him. Between 19, he was a a pitcher who won a lot on a bad team. Or on a very mediocre team. Who did he play for? Played for the Senators. Washington, Washington Senators. Senators, which were now the Rangers. Uh, no, the no. Washington Senators he played for became the Twins. The Twins. Okay, yeah. thank you, thank you. So between 1910 and 1919, his winning percentage was 650, but the team winning percentage was barely above 500. They had five of their seasons they were below 500. 
Oh my gosh! Yeah, That's so he, he was winning games where he was. He had many years where he accounted for thirty three percent of the wins on that team. So he's pretty good. Yeah, he was not. He bad. was pretty instrumental in winning. Not bad. <laughs> Great choice. Love it. Get used to it. Are you ready for mine? Yeah, go. We're going with another Texas boy. Oh, I know. Who Wait, I don't think I even did another Texas, but we're going with Refugio, Texas. The only reason I know that is because I got... Refugio? I don't yeah, know where that is. Yeah, well, I got gas on my way to go duck up and down me. on the coast. I think who you're going with, he's from... Al and you did go with a Texas boy. Birthplace. Clemens is from Texas. Birthplace. Yeah, he's, Refugio, a, he's from Texas. Alvin. Uh, his birthplace says Refugio. Yeah, he claims Alvin. He okay, went to high school in Alvin. Okay, Texas is so big and boring, it doesn't matter. They could be the same thing. But Clemens is a Texas boy. Oh, that's right, he is. Yeah, he went to University of Texas. Why? Great, cool, great school back then. Calvin Chiraldi was on oh. that team as well. Why do he you know that? He of the 86 World Series. Uh, okay, anyways. Going Nolan freaking Ryan. The Express. And all I'm going to give you some stats, but all I need to say, seven no-hitters. That's it. He's good. He pitched, what, 24, 22 years? No, it was more than that. Nah, 24. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was, it was longer than, like, more four-star generals have been in. He's every bit of 25. Well, I was talking about competitive. He was competitive well, all the way up to the end. Yeah, he, no hitter, right. he was 42. You're right. But gosh, I mean, just talk about a guy that I think redefined baseball and pitching just with his longevity, kind of the way he came up, and then just became so dominant with a fastball. Talk about a guy that would pitch just inside and come at you, kind of like Bob Gibson that you were talking about earlier. So uh, he had 324 wins for career, 3.019 ERA, innings pitched. You ready for this? 5,000. 386. That's a lot. That is a lot of innings. And you know what 5,386 innings pitch leads to? What? 5,714 strikeouts. All-time leader. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. And, that's a lot. And I said it. I'll say it again. Seven no-hitters. Yeah. That's insane. What else? Well, I can't have eight. No, but he's also a pretty tough dude. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I was going to talk about that. Yeah, and also he's one. He's a Golden Glove boxer. Don't charge the man on this guy. Yeah, Robin he, Ventura found that out the tough way. You know what Robin Ventura did? Yeah. He effed around and he found out. Yeah, because he, not, the old man took him behind a woodshed. Yeah, and not only did he get hit with the baseball, he got put in a headlock about two seconds after that and just got sucker punched numerous times. You know what? He did. Another Texan would say he stomped a mud hole in him and walked it dry. Who would say that? Stone Cold Steve oh, Austin. Oh, get some. You know, I like Stone Cold, but that man, I know that was part of the thing, but that man wasted so many Coors Lights just <laughs> chugging it in. That's a lot of good beer that was being wasted. Yeah. All right, so I'll go with my last one. My last one is another one from a bygone era, Christy Mathewson, who pitched turn of the century 1900s. 373 wins, career 2.13 ERA. This is the only guy I picked that didn't have 3,000 strikeouts, 2,507 strikeouts. But his postseason is another one that gets me. Postseason, 11 starts, 11 complete games in the World Series. Is that solid? Is that what uh, you want? You know what his ERA was in 11 World Series games? No. Point .94. Yeah. So how do you lose games if you Here don't? Is, <laughs> the other team doesn't this is score the most, a run. This is the most dominant pitching performance in the history of the World Series. In 1905, he was 3-0 with three shutouts. In the World Series. Case closed. Who do you want pitching for your World Series? If you go into the World Series, who do you want on the mound? I want Christy Matthews. I want Christy Matthews. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're welcome. Oh, 
gosh. So I didn't write one down from our last one. And I'll tell you why. I was just going back and forth on just maybe like a gut feeling. Somebody that I enjoy pitching, and I don't know if that's going to come with the context of all-time greats. So failure on me for that. But I just, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. There's just there's so many great pitchers and so many numbers. I just, I don't know if you can, can you, you can't top that. So I'm, I'm going to be content to just leave it at Christy Matthews. How about Tom Seaver? How about Tom Terrific. Tom Terrific? Yeah, that's what his nickname was, Tom Terrific. Well, who is it? I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw one out there. And the name just, remember, I'm going to go with uh, Jim Abbott. Oh, get out of town. What? He, he pitched with one arm? Yeah, whatever. I mean, just the endorsement. No? No. Nobody? No. Okay, thanks. I'm not going. I take it back. All right. Oh, great take. Great picks. Great pitchers, buddy. All right. Uh, so that's going to wrap it up for today. I uh, hope everybody out there listening enjoyed it. Uh, we are 90 feet apart. I'm Chris. I'm Kyle. And we'll see you next week. And I'm sorry. You, keep, you did it again? Uh, no. And I'm pointing at him, for goodness sakes. Andrew, we appreciate what you do, sir. What are we going to talk about next week? Maybe some of our uh, all-time greats. All-time greats? Well, we still got to do relief pitchers, and we got to do catchers. Yeah, battery. Battery mates. We'll do that. And maybe after that, we'll get into some like all-time great food at the ballpark or memories, moments. Yeah. Yeah. All-time great uh, baseball movies. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I go forever. Hey, thanks again. It was a pleasure. Uh, Have a great week, and uh, we will see you all again next time. Peace.